Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to Electric Leftovers. My name is Jason. This is episode 352. And we are ever moving onward to the end of the year, where things will be bright and cheery. And that's all I'll lie. How are you doing? Um, it was... I need to come up with a better thing to start. Hey, ladies and germs. Ha ha. It's funny. Um, it's funny because it's not funny, but it gets used so much it becomes... It itself is the joke. Anyway, uh, over at the website this week, we've got brand new Let's Play, just in time for Halloween, of Parasite Eve. And I know I said we were going to be streaming uh, the Castlevania 2 remake, uh, but it wasn't ready. Um, jumped the gun on that a little bit. I thought... It was more ready than it was, started playing it, ran into some problems, so MQ and I, we've been trying to work through some of that stuff. So uh, we just ended up streaming the original Castlevania 2, so that's a thing if you would like to check that out. It is available in full, two parts up on the Jason's Groove Machine website, and uh, Parasite Eve, I think as of today, has four episodes, so that's a thing. Uh, we're going to continue, speaking of Castlevania, looking through the Castlevania games, because there's still more of them that we haven't done archives of and reviews of, so be on the lookout for that coming up. And do I have anything else for you? Nope, that's it. Okay, bye. is 2035 and Soma Cruz is about to witness the first solar eclipse of the 21st century when he suddenly blacks out only to awaken inside a mysterious castle as Soma you must navigate the castle's labyrinths while confronting perilous monsters at every turn but beware you must escape before the evil consumes you this is Castlevania Aria of Sorrow for the Game Boy Advance, developed and published by Konami. It was released in 2003 or 2003, and as you may have noticed, Soma spelled backwards is Amos. Very important to the story, in a very not important to the story kind of way. Uh, I think I played this based on seeing Behold My Strength play it, maybe? and ended up actually really liking this game. I, it's one of my favorite Castlevania games. Um, plays more like the Castlevania 2, uh, Circle of the Moon, that other one, Harmony of Dissonance, uh, Polka of Depression, you know, all those Castlevanias. It plays a lot like that. Not like Castlevania 1, 3, Dracula X, none of those. Um, you explore the castle, you gain abilities, you gain there's weapons and armor and different things you can do with all of that. And what makes this game kind of unique? Uh, this happened again in Dawn of Sorrow, the sequel to this game. Order of Ecclesia and Portrait of Ruin a little bit is um, as you fight and defeat enemies, Soma will capture their souls 
and be able to use abilities based on said monsters. Um, so, you know, you kill a skeleton that throws bones and you can throw bones just like a skeleton that throws bones. I think the game's a lot of fun. Um, I've played it a bunch and uh, we kind of did some different things with this one, I think. Uh, if you want to check it out, it's 12 parts. Not terribly long. It is a Game Boy Advance game, though, so don't expect a phenomenal graphics and sound quality. The Game Boy Advance really struggled with a lot of that, I feel. Anyway, moving on. Castlevania 3. Look at you over there with your toes. I guess that it has toes. Uh, 1,000, excuse me, 579 people said it's great, gave it four stars. 1,114 says it's tough and unforgiving and gave it four hearts. And 605 people said it's 13 hours. Well, we know for the most part. They're all liars. And looking at the reviews for this, oh, God. A lot of green. If, if you don't know, when I go to 
Cal- or Castlevania, when I go to Game Facts and pull up the reviews, it kind of breaks everything down. Like, 0, 1, 2, 3 is in red, uh, 4, 5, 6, 7 is in yellow, 8, 9, 10 is in green. And there's a hell of a lot of green. Undeservedly so, I feel. But flipping through here, uh, August says, What an excellent night to have a curse and gave it a 9. Psycho Penguin, regular contributor, so Dracula's the bad guy and stuff, gave it a 9. Um, Vegeta gave it an 8. And titles his review, Vegeta makes a daring foray into the essay style review. Just as one would expect, no one cares. On to the review! I don't care about your title, Vegeta. Um, we're gonna read that one. It is a longer one, but we're reading it for reasons. Uh, we gotta read that one, absolutely. I'm not gonna agree with it, but we're gonna do it. Um, we could read one from, uh, Walker Bow, who said, Excellent, simply excellent, to give it a 10. Uh, Mega Man 1981, again, reviewed it two different times instead of reviewing it and just updating its original review. Uh, four years apart, gave it the same score each time. Nice to know his opinion didn't change in that time. Uh, Fidubu comes in saying, innovative, but the series is beginning to show its age. Uh, he gave it a 7. And he said that in 2000, uh, this game came out in 1989. So, it, it was probably showing its age at that point. Let's dive in first with this one. Another trip to the castle we never get tired to visit. A Castlevania 3 Dracula's Curse Review by Xylo the Wolf. It has been months, Xylo. How have you been? I hope you've been well. I missed you so much. Uh, if you're new to the podcast, Xylo is a contrib- uh, continuing contributor, unbeknownst to him or her, and uh, probably much to their chagrin. Xylo, not a native English speaker, and we, we don't pick on people for that, but it is funny all the same. Uh, I don't, you know, I will, I will be a little, uh, a little, uh, come on, you know, but I promise I'm not being mean to Xylo when I do this. I really like Xylo's reviews. They're generally pretty good. Just with the translation thing, sometimes it's a struggle to get through. Let's see what Xylo had to say about Castlevania 3. Another trip to the castle we never get tired to visit. See, it's stuff like that. Anyway, Konami has always been a company that have released many quality games for each each system they made games on. Perfect. Better than releasing quality games for each system they don't make games on. While they are most known for the Metal Gear series right now, there were other series that were much more popular during the NES days. Track and Field, Contra, and Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles are just some series that gave the NES a great game collection. But those series are almost dead today. I'm saying NES because he's spelling it NES. Not all caps, not all lower caps, just capital N-E-S. However, one series that begun on the NES era and is still alive is Castlevania. While this game has some story, the main plot is just that the evil vampire Dracula must be defeated at any cost. Okay, you see what I mean when I was talking? While Castlevania 2 is very different in many ways from the first Castlevania, this games are almost equal in gameplay to the first Castlevania games. You are the vampire hunter, Trevor Belmont, Simon Belmont's grandfather, if I'm not wrong, who, oh, and Xylo uses parentheses appropriately. That's points. Anyway, 
Uh, Trevor Belmont, who almost looks the same as Simon Belmont from the two previous games, and he has the same equipment. The famous Vampire Killer Whip, and he can pick up different weapons on each stage that he can throw at the enemies, which costs one heart, another thing that you can pick up on each stage. Parentheses, they always come in handy, period, parentheses. Sometimes. Uh... <laughs> Sometimes the parentheses. One new thing in Castlevania 3 is that this time the Belmont doesn't have to reach Dracula all by himself. During his journey, he can find three different companions that can help him. All of them are first a boss and needs to be defeated before they can join him, and only one of them can be with Trevor at the same time. The first one is the Thief Grant, who is much faster than Trevor and can climb on the walls to reach places where the other characters can't, but his range is very low. The second is... Silpha, she's a mage, so she can pick up powerful spells instead of items, but just like Grant, her range is much lower than Trevor. The third, and the most interesting of the optional characters, are Alucard. Too bad that he doesn't have any of his skills from Castlevania Symphony of the Night, so he can really just throw fireballs. Uh, I'm, I'm fine. The less like that game anything is, the better. What all three have in common is that they are weaker than Trevor, and therefore it doesn't really matter which character you choose to bring with you on your quest. We'll dig into that later. Another new thing in this game is that you can sometimes go different paths, which leads to different stages. While you do end up at Dracula's castle, which way you choose to go, it are still very important. Uh, excuse me, it still are very important to choose the correct stage depending on how high you want the challenge to be in the game. This also increases the enjoyment of playing this game more than once. However, just like the previous Castlevania games, this one has one problem: the control. For some reason, Konami thought it was a good idea for the player to go up on the stairs all the time by press up. While you are walking on the stairs, it's impossible to jump, which means that you are a sitting duck for the enemies. It's also really nice when you are close to a stairs and wants to throw an, an item at the enemy. Excuse me, I, I had a problem. A small stroke. It's also really nice when you are close to a stairs and wants to throw an items at the enemy, but the character then decides to walk on the stairs instead, and since he can't throw items while he's on the stairs. There. Then the enemy hits him, and then he falls to a certain death. Thank you, Konami. But despite that, the other three characters than Trevor are much weaker, and a few control problems, Castlevania 3 is a great game. It has a few stages that will make you scream, but then again you have unlimited continues, so if you are the type of player that never gives up, then you will sooner or later beat this game. It's not the best game in the series, but it's fun to play at a perfect game to kill an hour with. Xylo gave it an 8. Xylo, how is the music and the graphics? I don't, I don't know, whatever. I love, I've missed you, Zylo, so much. Your reviews are brilliant. Uh, let's see what Ice Mage 2000 had to say in uh, 2017. They start out, shots fired, bad game that's overrated. And, you know, not a, not a great opening here. Uh, I've never been a fan of Castlevania games. Good thing you're reviewing a Castlevania game. I did not grow up with them as a child, and I'm glad about that. I grew up playing Super Mario Bros. 3, Zelda 2, and Mega Man 2, all of which are excellent fun platformers that pretty much everyone that has an NES knows about. Castlevania 3 Dracula's Curse is similar to many platformers in that you go through a stage from start to exit, fighting enemies, and hopping over platforms and avoiding spikes. Your main character, Trevor Belmont, uses a whip to attack enemies. The bad part about this is that you can only whip straight in front of you. Ah, somebody probably, well, no, because you didn't play those games. I'm complaining that it's not like Super Castlevania 4. 
Uh, you can jump in the air or duck down and whip, but that's about it. You are defenseless if attacked from above or below. Many enemies in this godforsaken game swoop down on you, so defeating them without getting hit is unlikely. This becomes a huge problem. You can collect weapons in previous games by attacking candles. Candles hold not just weapons, but also hearts, which are essentially ammo for your special weapon. You can collect weapons in previous games. Okay. The weapons include a boomerang that goes straight out and back, an axe that flies upward, a dagger which can be thrown straight, and some other stuff. Honestly, I don't find these weapons that helpful due to the way the levels are laid out and the enemies attack. Also, you can only hold one weapon at a time. If you pick up a different weapon, it replaces the one you had previously. Let's, let's rewind. You can only whip straight in front of you. You have an axe that flies upward. Hmm. Uh, the trouble with Mr. Belmont, Bill, Belmont, 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 excuse me, and all of his relatives, whoever they are, is that they suffer from some sort of muscular skeletal disorder in which they walk at a snail's pace and are stiff as wood. Long story short, the controls in this game suck. Trevor can duck and jump, but the way he does it makes you think someone tied a 15-pound weight to his chest. When he jumps, he cannot control the direction of his landing, and this makes jumping a very risky move when you take into account how dangerous his surroundings are. Time out. How it works in every Castlevania game up, uh, up till now, really, and I think Castlevania X is the same way. You can't control your movement in the air. You jump like a real person would jump. If I jump, I can't decide, nope, hold on, and then back up. Which is silly, I guess, because, you know, we're playing a game about vampire hunters and all this other stuff, but that's just how they did it. So, you can complain about it, it's fine, it's not broken, it's intent, it's, it's a feature, not a bug. Anyway, there are pits and spikes everywhere, and one misplaced jump will cost you your life. Like any typical platforming game, if you touch an enemy, you get knocked back. So if there's an enemy on a cliff and you touch him, you got it. You're going down to your certain death. Unlike good games like Mega Man, this game thrives on doing this and it's terrible and frustrating. There's the traditional lives system in which you get a number of tries to get through a level without getting a game over. Fair enough. However, some of these levels go on a very long time with many chances to die. Thankfully, there's unlimited continues and a password feature, unlike the first game of the Castlevania series, but that doesn't excuse the fact that controls are awful. Like the first game, there's stairs to walk up and you have to press up or down to do so. On the stairs, you're defenseless as a baby. Of course, enemies attack you while you're on the stairs and knock you off or deal damage. Like the first Castlevania, there's a chicken leg that can restore your health, but again, they aren't common to find and you have to break random hidden bricks in the wall to find them. Regaining your health in this game is difficult, and that makes the game much harder. One cool thing about Castlevania 3 is the paths you can go to get through the game. In the first Castlevania, you are on a linear path. With this, ga this game, excuse me, you get to choose your routes after finishing a level. Along your journey to face Dracula, you can meet one other character who has special abilities. You can switch between Trevor and this character, and each character has their own special attack. Unfortunately, they share your health bar, so switching between Trevor and the other character doesn't change your health situation, unlike in the first Ninja Turtles game. While it's nice to have different characters play around with... Oh, while it's nice to have different characters play around with... There, they don't, there's still a word missing. They don't control that well either. One character is a wizard that uses magic, one is a vampire that can turn into a bat, the other is a small dude who can jump better. I never got to know these characters well because the game was so difficult, I didn't come back to it. 
The music in this game is good. It's got a gothic Halloween horror style soundtrack which fits the game well. There's many different songs which are all very well done. The graphics are also quite nice with colors and dark tones and it really fits the horror spooky feel of the Castlevania games from dark forests to the inside of castles with spinning machinery. The enemies are also animated well for an 8-bit game. They're the usual mummies, skeletons, spirits, ghosts, etc. It all works well. The game's intro is done nicely too for an 8-bit game. The game is very difficult, but in an unfair way. With controls that are stiff and bosses that require a lot of trial and error, the fun factor goes down quickly. It's very easy to die and get a game over and have to go through the whole dreaded level all over again. The level design is poor to complement the bad controls. Enemies can come from angles which are impossible to defend, making you try to dodge them, but again the controls make this so hard to do. There are pits everywhere and instant deaths galore. Other great platforming games like Mega Man have these, but at least the control is good and you have a lot more options to get around your troubles. Castlevania 3 offers very little mercy or forgiveness other than the infinite continues, and at least the game gives you a password system and offers some alternate paths to complete the game. I do not understand why the old Castlevania NES games get so much love. They've got good music and decent graphics, but gameplay-wise they suck. They're frustrating and have horrible controls, difficulty and challenge are fun, but when challenge becomes unfair, it's no longer enjoyable. Overall score, 4. Rating, 3. Ice Mage 2000 can't make up his mind. Here's the thing. Let's talk about this for a minute. Um, there was something in Xylo's review I was going to come back to, and I forget what it was. Doesn't matter. Uh, I think it was swapping out members. Anyway, the game is hard. Castlevania 3 is the hardest of the three on the NES. And I think Ice Mage makes some good points. I think there are times where it's hard just for the sake of being hard. There's not a lot of thought put into what makes it hard. It's just hard to be hard. Um, he talks about, you know, you can only attack straight in front of you, and that sucks. But then he compares the game to Mega Man a lot, and unless Mega Man has a weapon equipped, he can only attack right in front of him. He can't even duck. Um, the Belmonts in the NES uh, Castlevanias do really move like they're walking through mud. They're not They're not an agile people. When you fight against them in later games, spoiler alert, they're agile as hell. But in these games, they're not. That's kind of a par for the course thing with these games, and you gotta kind of take that into stride. Um, he mentions the first Ninja Turtles game. You're not exactly speedy in the Turtles games either. You're not even really fast in Contra, so... I call that a Konami thing. I don't know. Uh, nobody really touched on the things that do make this game good. The music uh, Ice Mage mentioned is is good. I think it's some of the better music for the Castlevania games. But the thing about the Castlevania games is they all kind of have the same soundtrack in a way. It, it's almost like they wrote one big one and then just like these songs will go to this game and these songs will go to this game and blah, blah, blah. I think the music's fine. I like the soundtrack in Castlevania 2 better, I think, overall, but I like Castlevania 2 overall better than 3. Uh, graphics. Nobody really talked about the graphics. This game was doing some impressive stuff in 1989 with some of the graphics. Uh, the rotating gears and the clock towers and things like that is very impressive. But at the same time, going back to what Ice Mage here, uh, Mega Man did stuff like that. Like, if you think Metal Man stage from Mega Man 2, that's a busy background. 
They did it. They did it well. It's it's not like oh my god, my eyes, but it, it's done well. Graphically, I think Castlevania Two is the least offensive of the Castlevania games. Castlevania One and Three are almost like crayon colorful, which doesn't really fit. You know, you got this dark, dank dungeon in the castle that's supposed to be, and everything's bright orange and purple. It, it doesn't really jive, you know, with, with what I think it should be. You had options. You didn't take them, and that's bad. Um, talking about the characters that you can switch between, there is Grant, who is a pirate. Uh, like a ghost pirate kind of thing. He's, he is faster than Simon, or Trevor, excuse me. He doesn't do as much damage. He's just, he's the agile guy. He runs, jumps better. He climbs on trees. I think he can wall jump and things like that. I don't remember for sure. I usually don't take him. Um, a Lucard, who you can obviously take, because he's one of the others. Very weak attack power. Very big target. Slower than Simon. He's like a head taller than him. He can turn into a bat. That's kind of useless. And his attack sucks. Sypha is is the the mage. Has some really damn powerful spells if you can find them. Because the way this works is, if you're Trevor and you're hitting these candles, you'll get a knife, you'll get an axe, you'll get the holy water, whatever, whatever. If you hit it with um, Grant, you're going to get some of those same sub weapons. I don't think Grant can use all the same ones. If you hit him with Sypha, you're going to get a spell book. And you can get a fire spell book, which is really good damage directly in front of you. Short range, hits multiple times. You can get an ice book, which is going to freeze something, which means you can then hit it with your stick and kill it. Or you can get a homing thunder spell, which is amazingly good, uh, but it's incredibly rare to find. And if you pick up anything else, you lose it. And I think a Lucard, he just gets an extra fireball or two. And that's terrible because it just means he's slow and weak and you're probably going to miss with two fireballs instead of one. It's a neat idea. It's, I think... And Turtles 1 did did swapping party members better. I think. I think it did. And it came out before this game. Um, I don't know. I don't mind Castlevania 3, but if I'm going to sit down and play a Castlevania game, Castlevania 3 is not what I reach for. Uh, in the top five, not even close. Uh, Aria of Sorrow we talked about, Dawn of Sorrow, Order of Ecclesia, Portrait of Ruin, uh, Castlevania II, obviously. Um, Castlevania I, I even put before this, and then there's all the Game Boy Advance ones, uh, The Harmony of Dissonance and Circle of the Moon. I put those, this down here with that. I'm going to put Bloodlines above this, because I think Bloodlines is actually kind of fun, as opposed to this. Um, but yeah, I don't love Castlevania Three. You might. If so, good for you. You go play it.
don't know how hard it is to find weird news on the internet. So I, I feel a little bad about picking on news of the weird, but they should know where to find it. Um, I've been kind of looking around on and off for the last few days, the last week, I guess, really, uh, trying to see what other options are there for this kind of stuff. And there's really not, there's really not any at all. Um, the, the nearest thing I could find was a place called, uh, oddly enough, news headlines from Reuters, which is barely updated. Um, the last one was from September 21st and it's, it's just like a whole story. It's not little snippets like we get here. Um, and some of them aren't even that weird. Again, like from August 19th, Spanish Stonehenge emerges from drought hit dam. Uh, August 19th, low water levels on Danube reveal sunken World War II German warships. Uh, August 24th, the Parisian cat hotel that's feline fairly full. I understand. Uh, double celebration, two-headed tortoise Janus turns 25. Japanese man who gets paid to do nothing. A small dinosaur fit for the living room to be sold at Paris auction. Like, none of these are really weird. The most recent one from two weeks ago says, Don't cook chicken in NyQuil, FDA warns after TikTok challenge. Which, you know, you know? So you go to read the thing and it's just like, yeah, don't do that because it could make you sick. Okay. So unfortunately, uh, while I keep looking around, we're going to be stuck with our regular weird news. I'm sorry. I hate to tell you that, but that's what we got to run with. So our lead story is holding a grudge. It's not even about me. A family is seeking to press charges against an unnamed man who was briefly married to their mom in the 1970s, the New York Post reported. Their beef... Allegedly, the New Jersey man arrives at Linda Torello's tombstone in Orangetown, New York, early almost every morning with his current wife in tow, where he urinates on her grave and sometimes leaves a bag of excrement. Torello died in 2017, according to her son, Michael Andrew Murphy, who is 43. In April of this year, he and his sister discovered a bag of poop and, a suppo and supposed excuse me, a dog walker had dropped it. When the second bag showed up, they called police. Then they went to work setting up a trail camera that recorded the man's visits. On September 18th, taking video with a cell phone that identified him as Torello's one-time husband. Quote, My sister was crying. I was... I was sick. I was so angry, Murphy said. No one in my family has had contact with him since 1976 or so. Police have been unhelpful. Murphy says he's called them three times and they won't put him in touch with a detective. Uh, here's what you do. Here's what you do, Michael. I know you're listening to the podcast. You're, you're a constant, constant reader, constant listener. Uh, if this is a municipal cemetery, you, you get a hold of cemetery personnel. If it's not, get a hold of the cemetery personnel to be anyway, you know, because that's, uh, that's wrong on several levels. There, there are several things that are going wrong here. At the very least, the police should be looking at this guy for indecent exposure. Uh, you know, the public urination, whatever the laws are in um, New York. I don't know. So, uh, you got him on video. You can do something about this. 
Story of Ew. Amanda Gomo, 51 of Bristol, in England, excuse me, required hospitalization after an unfortunate incident involving her daughter's chihuahua, Belle, the Daily Mail reported on September 26th. As Gomo and Belle cuddled together during a nap, Belle suffered, quote, violent diarrhea, end quote, some of which fell into Gomo's open mouth. How? What? Was the dog sitting on your head? Quote, it was disgusting. And I was hurling violently for hours after. I just couldn't get the taste out of my mouth, Gomo said. Afterwards, she suffered stomach cramps so bad that two days later, she went to the hospital where doctors discovered an infection had been passed on by the dog. Quote, I'm happy to say both me and Belle are on the mend, she said, but noted that she'll be more mindful in what position we sleep in in the future. Just another reason chihuahuas should be illegal. Bright ideas. Can't sleep? Well, pack your bags and head for Sussex, England, where you can spend a night... Uh, next summer in a luxurious double bed at the Schleep Sanctuary, according to the Daily Star. It's pronounced Schleep. Uh, as you drift away, numbered actual sheep will mill around the grassy hillside outside the glass dome and closing your bed. Emma Sleep, a tech company, is offering the one-night stay, which includes dinner, morning yoga, and breakfast. Quote, counting sheep is more than an old wives' tale, said Dr. Dennis Schmoltzy, uh, the CEO. It's a tried-and-true visualization technique that Brits are relying on to send them to sleep. And then there's some Zs there. Uh, sort of tried this, remember? They got the uh, Wallace and Gromit guy to do the thing. Nope. Uh, it's like we, we put you in a dome out in the middle of nowhere where we have painted numbers on sheep and we're going to charge you to count them. You know what's going to happen? You know what's going to happen, right? Someone's going to start counting sheep like one, two, three. Where's four? Where's number four? It's going to be like that. That's a terrible idea. From the Make Your Resume Stand Out files, Carly Pavlinak Blackburn, 27, of Wilmington, North Carolina, was recently laid off from her job, the New York Post reported, and hoping to land a position with Nike in Beaverton, Oregon, and knowing they'd be celebrating Just Do It Day on September 8th, Blackburn cooked up a plan. Um... Just do it day? Okay. Uh, working with Albertson's grocery store, she ordered a sheet cake with an edible resume printed on top. Next, she talked with Instacart driver Denise Baldwin, who promised her she would, quote, do whatever it takes to get this cake to where it needs to be. And sure enough, Baldwin delivered the sweet treat into the appropriate hands, and Blackburn has meetings on the calendar with the sportswear brand and more. There's a bunch of companies that are kind of involved in the process, she revealed. How? You sent your cake resume to Nike. How there are a bunch of how are there a bunch of companies involved in the process? Makes no sense. The neighbors naked edition. Hmm. The obvious question is, why are there so many naked people outdoor these days? Well, on September 25th in McMinnville, Oregon, K O I N TV, Coin TV reported 
quote, an unclothed male subject was in his front yard, which drew the ire of his across-the-street neighbor. The neighbor launched two full beer cans hitting the naked man's house, which prompted him to go inside and retrieve a shotgun. The neighbor grabbed a handgun and shot five shots into the ground in an effort to scare the naked man. No one was hurt, but the beer thrower was cited for criminal mischief. Stories of two more responsible gun owners. You can't be naked, I'm gonna shoot you. Sweet revenge, porch pirates in a South Austin, Texas neighborhood are driving residents crazy, KXAN-TV reported, Xan. The same people in the same car are hitting front stoops day and night, so a woman, identified only as Gabriella, came up with a plan. Her husband put a box of used dirty diapers on the porch, and sure enough, quote, the same people came back and took the package, she said. Unfortunately, they came back and smeared those diapers on our front door. 30 minutes later, they came back with a giant bag of cow manure. They spread it all over our front porch and on our cars in the driveway. I called the police, filed a report, and now there's a detective on the case. Brittany Walker, who lives near Gabrielle, confronted the thieves herself, yelling, I have a baby! But she said they just laughed at her. It was a really upsetting moment. Austin police advised against engaging with the suspects. If you know this is going on, you recognize the car, you see it. Why is this? Why has this gotten to the point that it's gotten? Jesus Christ. Unclear on the concept, a second grader in Jacksonville, Florida has been expelled from Victory Christian Academy after her parents objected to a homework assignment suggesting students, quote, send a picture of you doing a reading homework in the bathtub. Action News Jax reported on September 22nd. Misty Dunham emailed the teacher, quote, hey, you might want to explain that. Send something out to the parents. Let them know what the intentions are. Dunham also reached out to school administrators and the Jacksonville Sheriff's Office. School officials responded by suggesting that the Dunham should, quote, do a parental withdrawal for the child. And when Dunham refused, the school expelled the eight-year-old. Pastor Jesse Lotta issued a statement about the assignment, but did not adjust, address excuse me, the child's removal from the school. Oh, man, isn't that nice? Nice Christian academy. What, you don't want the teacher to have pictures of your child in the bathroom? Well, fine. We'll just expel your child. We're not giving you a refund either. It's a mystery. American Airlines appears to have an unexplained noise issue on its planes, the Washington Post reported. On September 6th, a flight from Los Angeles to Dallas, passengers were subjected to groans and moaning that sounded human and vaguely sexual. Passenger and film producer Emerson Collins recorded the noises and posted them to TikTok. His, his guess, his guess, was that someone was pranking the public address system on the plane. Collins walked up and down the aisle looking for a possible culprit, but, quote, I didn't see anything, he said. Passengers on different American flights have reported hearing a hearty, oh yeah, when the plane landed and the moans and groans of someone in extreme pain. But spokesperson Sarah Jantz said the noises are, quote, caused by a mechanical issue with the PA amplifier. Or maybe the ghosts of passengers passed? No, no, it is not ghosts. Ghosts are not real. It could be the PA. Uh, they don't make noises like, oh yeah. You know, that they amplify those noises. They don't make the noises. So somebody's making the noise. Anyway. <clears throat> Wait, shut up. In January, Reebok introduced a new sneaker in collaboration with the French luxury brand Maison Margiela. I don't, it's French, I don't care if I get it right. 
The classic leather decorate tabilo is distinctive for its, quote, toe cleavage design. And now Indy 100 reported for being identified as a sign of the devil. A Facebook page called Prophecy News warned followers on September 19th that the shoes resemble the feet of Baphomet, a goat deity associated with the occult, and a boss in La Mulana. Reebok's Instagram account has drawn similar reactions. Quote, This is so satanic. My family will never buy another shoe from you, one follower wrote. Another said, Satanic? No way will I ever wear those. End quote. Reebok counters that the shoes are based on the traditional Japanese shoe called the tabby. Tabby? I don't know. Let's look them. Let's look them up. Let's look them up. This is a visual media podcast. You see the thing. Classic leather. I'm just going to uh, copy and do a little paste action. (laughs) Well, it's not satanic. It's just ugly. is just ugly so there's like a compartment for your big toe there's just there's just a slot in it like if you were wearing sandals where the little thing between your toe your big toe and your next toe would go there's just a slot there that that's all there's just a slot there that is so it's hideous that's like one of the dumbest things like d- dumb things happen in shoes and fashion all the time this is up there there's nothing there's no like I don't look at that and think oh god the devil I look at that and think oh god you have poor taste um yeah that's, that's dumb what was another dumb thing I saw oh the lady who had the spray on dress that was a thing that was making the rounds did y'all see that at a fashion show, this lady came out wearing her underwear, and they sprayed a dress on her. Cause fashion. Every everybody's gonna wanna. Everybody's gonna wanna spray on dress someday. It only took forever to. Uh, I don't. I don't. I don't care. Um. Oh, here's a thing. Again, visual podcast, visual media. Uh, where is the this? Can I find this? I think I would like to share this. Um, not this one. Well, if I'm supposed to be able to watch it, where can I watch it? You're not showing me video. I hate it when they do this. Uh, I saw that thing. No, there's just not. God damn it. Um, here's the headline. Watch a great white become an orca's lunch in world first footage. So, you start scrolling through. Like, okay, that's, that's a picture. That's not a video. So that ain't gonna work. So you go to the next one. No, that's a picture too. You go to the next one. This is a video of something else. You know, that's a picture. There's a picture. Nowhere in the story is there a link to the actual video. So there might be one to go and, you know, do some research on. <clears throat> anyway, news, I guess, was fine. Whatever.
Ladies and gentlemen, that's going to do it for this week's edition of Electric Leftovers. I hope you had a good time listening to the podcast. If you did, you should maybe like it and review it and subscribe to it on any podcast software of your choice. Because if you do, you'll be able to find next week's episode over your same uh, audio device of choice at the same time. Bright and early Thursday mornings. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, If you would like to find me on Twitter, I am still there at JasonGRVAN. If you would like to find me on YouTube and Twitch, that is Jason's Groove Machine. New videos go up on YouTube Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, and Sunday. And if you would like to attend one of our live streams, that is on Twitch. And that happens Monday at 6 p.m. Mountain Time. If you'd like to see those videos but can't make it to the stream, those go up on Wednesday. Uh, Let's Plays Tuesday, Thursday, and Sunday. Uh, over at the jasonsgroupmachine.com website, you can find all of that along with my audiobooks uh, that I've read, uh, my Twitter, and my music. That's all there as well. Uh, let's see. Anything else I need to tell you? Oh, if you would like to support the show, you can go to buymeacoffee.com slash electricleft or visit jasonsgroupmachine.com and click the link there and buymeacoffee.com slash electricleft. And once we hit our $100 goal, we will uh, probably start talking about doing some live podcasts over on Twitch, maybe. I could do those Wednesday evenings. I don't know. That's how that would be a thing. Anyway, I'm going to get out of here. Thank you all for listening. I will catch you later. Bye. Bye.